0: This is Dr. Impostar, because the real Dr. Tar is in the used rubber room once again.
1: It's getting stinky in there.
2: This is this is an entirely detached Professor Feather. Uh oh, this is...
0: This is, uh... This, is uh, <laughs> this entirely... is, uh... This is, uh... Yeah, this is, uh... This tar... is not my life. This is not car. Uh, Yeah. uh, This is uh, a quantum entangled midnight gadfly.
1: This is head over heels head.
3: Doctor. Um, And this is blue Oh, sorry. Got lost in the (laughs) Blond.
1: We need to have a Jerry Lewis soundbite hey
0: lady <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you are listening to <laughs> <laughs> <a> shame radio <laughs>
3: <That> dotg <blonde. laughs> <laughs> we gotta grab Blanc. that somebody somebody grab it that blonde. <laughs> All right, fellow Halloweeners, it is the season, and since we're recording this on the Day of Days, I thought that I, the Blue Feds, would bring up kind of a roundtable where we discuss our favorite supernatural or ghost movies. Anything is fair game here. We can go as far back as you want, doesn't matter, so... Let's open it up to the group. Gadfly.
0: Okay, I'm gonna is. go. I'm gonna go with the Grudge um, or Juwan. Both both versions I like um, equally uh, for different reasons. Um, but we're gonna go back uh, to a previous episodes where we talk about kids uh, being haunted, you know, and the fact that the Grudge isn't a place that's haunted. It's when you visit this place, you become haunted. Um, and I think uh, it's one of the few movies I've seen in about the last 20 years that literally gave me like those that body chills, you know, where I'm watching it. And I, as soon as like the, the detective sees the, the children on the videotape, like you think he's going to watch the videotape and he's going to see nothing. Oh, it's all bullshit but then he sees the the kid kind of morph into the frame and kind of walk down the hallway. And I thought, Oh, that's, that's just creepy. But then when they just are like standing there kind of waving back and forth with their eyes and they're going, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know, man, that shit is just so, so creepy. Um, and uh, I, I like the, I like the original one. Um, and I was still scared reading subtitles. And then <laughs> I like the second one, uh, which with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. I thought you know they did a really good job of uh, pulling that together and uh, making a a, a a version, you know, a, a western version. I don't know what you would call it. Um, so I think that that one to me is probably the creepiest I've seen in quite a while. I mean, there's a bunch of others that I could go into, but that's my first one. Pass it along,
3: Professor Feather this fright fest going
2: um i'm gonna go with a 1953 movie called ugetsu um which is a japanese movie that is actually two stories in one interwoven together and and the stories are based in 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 mythology in japanese mythology and it's about these two peasants Uh, it starts out with this one peasant who is uh he's a farmer but he's also a potter and it's a time of war, and he wants to um, kind of capitalize on the war. And he takes some pottery in and makes a big sale. He comes back, and he's really gung-ho. And so the war is not concerning him at the time. Um, and the other story is about this his uh, neighbor, who's a farmer, who wants to be a samurai. His whole goal in life is to be a samurai. He wants to be somebody. And uh, when you first meet him, he's going off. And his wife, he's married, his wife is trying to talk him into not, you know, going. And he's going to head out to the big city, you know. He's going to be, he was going to become a samurai. And uh, so those are the two storylines that kind of uh, thread throughout the movie. Um, the movie is in black and white. It, uh, it's a Japanese movie uh, made by a really famous Japanese uh, director. Uh what was his name uh, yeah i can't draw on a blank right now but anyway um, it's beautifully shot it's it's very very japanese um, and i think that's one of the things i was taken by it by its look and it's it's medieval japanese too and kind of medieval japanese um, so anyway this two stories run along and the potter goes in and sells his pottery in this big city. Well, this uh, woman comes along and starts uh, buying a bunch of his pottery, and says, "Now I want you to deliver it tonight at my uh, abode." So he does it. Well, um, she completely enthralls him, and it's soon—you soon—you uh, soon find out that uh, she's really a ghost. She, she's not real. And uh, it goes through a whole series of of instances. When in uh, the other the other thread to the story is the war that's going on, that caused everybody to uh, be in flux. Every all of the peasants, his wife who has a, a child, uh, they have a little kid. They they are exiled on the run um, from whoever because in the time of war, especially at that time, and I won't say just at that time, um, soldiers are notorious bastards you know and so everybody's fleeing um and so there was like several storylines going on it, it, but it it's it, i think it's just the atmosphere that it sets up and and even in the kind of the matter of factness of that she's a ghost uh which is a totally different um view than and i, I yeah i hate this too Uh, gadfly western versus eastern Uh, but the japanese version anyway you know because this is a japanese movie um but um the director got a guy i can't remember his damn name anyway he went on he's like very famous this is this was supposedly one of the first movies to come along that um kind of broke the japanese cinema into the united states market and started making the, the actual market aware um, you know, we could go into the history of how that all works, but we won't. Anyway, um, it's it's a brilliant movie, and it's just poetic. And the other other thing I'd like to say about it is, here again, because it's Japanese and their sense of music, um, in a lot of ways, is is you know, different than uh, what I'm, you know, uh, trained in. The soundtrack to this is one of the weirdest soundtracks i've ever heard, and that and that's in any kind of language so I think that's kind of says something too um it's very very strange soundtrack um and there's a lot of singing and kind of narration through song um throughout it it's it's a it's it's kind of a um it's just a very unique movie and i I just love the atmosphere and i and I like the stories and as they uh come about and and how that how the stories end um and what happens to the characters along the way and i'm not going to say because you can find this movie's accessible um yeah ugetsu i guess i don't know if that's how you pronounce it but that's how i pronounce it kenji mizuguchi yes that's it yes yeah yeah he's but yeah he went on you know he's pretty famous um yeah, I like the acting. The all the actors are really good, and there again, you know, I I, I profess ignorance to all of the all of that that detail. It, I was just taken with the movie as a as a a movie, you know. Uh, I, I just found it, it, I found it very well done and, and a brilliant movie on so many levels. You know, not just a ghost story. That's my pick.
3: See, yeah, I thought I had seen that, but I was mistaking that with quite. Quaidon, Yes, Quaidon, yeah, yes,
2: yeah. that's another one, yes, yeah, which I really one. liked, mm-hmm. but
3: uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that, Eric, because I haven't seen it. Now that I'm thinking about it, that sounds really good. All right, Doctor Head, thrill us with your tales of the supernatural ah. likings.
1: Ooh, there are so many to pick from, but one of my favorite. Movies of all time, not just supernatural, but favorite movies of all time, is the 1980 John Carpenter classic, The Fog. <laughs> yes, um, nice. you know It, it is a uh, classic in, in every sense. Low budget, practical effects, and a genuinely—it's it, a near bloodless horror movie, just like Halloween that he Carpenter had brought us two years before this. Um. But it's a, the story of a uh, small town in California, Antonio Bay, and the hundred-year-old curse come to, uh, to, I guess, get their revenge. Um, these uh, vengeful ghosts, um, they, were, they were mariners. They were, um, as you find out, that they were, you know, they were trying to form a leper colony. And then we're instead of uh, being brought to safe <laughs> shores, they uh, were run into the reefs and drowned. And the the scenes when the pirates or the, the, the angry vengeful pirate mariners show up are it's so effective because it's so, it's minimal. You get a lot of light in a dense fog machine. and You get these <laughs> these these characters you see, and you see parts of them, um, and it is a It is a really wonderfully told story that evolves and gradually comes to a crescendo. And I I love Adrienne Barbeau's character. She plays a, a disc jockey. And lives in a her office is in a lighthouse. Lighthouse, yeah. And, and awesome. ever since this movie, I like I've gotta live in a I've gotta live in a lighthouse. I just have to.
0: Well, um, and you and you know it's not realistic because she shouts a lot, and there would be as much as she shouts over the radio, people would be just like turning that dial and be like, <laughs> oh, I'm over that broadcast. Because <laughs>
1: yeah. her voice is usually smoky and sultry yeah, yeah. and a little bit flirty, you know and um right but she's yeah definitely panicking once the fog comes in and it also starts Jamie Lee Curtis, John Hausman, Janet Leigh, Hal Holbrook. I mean the cast is killer. And yeah, uh, yeah so it, it is a one I could watch I could watch this every week and still enjoy it. The music, the the, the special effects and I just think, love these stories that kind of take their time and build up to, you know, and take their own time. And uh yeah, we so should put fog. that on
0: the, a roster to talk about. I think uh, for an episode
1: sometime. as a specific movie. Yeah, um, I won't go into all the detail. But yeah. So there it is. There's Fez. There's the fog. It's my first pick.
3: Yeah, that's a good one. I I really enjoy that one. Yeah. I, I I I also have a lot of fond memories of that movie. Seeing it on Showtime in those early cable days, okay. and it's like it's it's one of those movies that if you run across it and it's on, I'll sit and watch it because it's just. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's this quirky little film that just really delivers Right, All right, so I'll throw up a couple of mine because um, this is a genre that I've been a huge fan of since a kid. Uh, ghost stories, supernatural, um, yeah, love this stuff. In fact, I, I think it was one of the reasons why I, I tried to kind of fit into organized religion uh, cause I thought that somehow that validated until I just realized, you know, I'm just really inter- interested in the supernatural aspect. And so, you know, you kind of walk away. Um, but, uh, some of my favorites, uh, I really enjoyed the first Conjuring movie, you know, whatever you say about Ed and Lorraine, you know, <laughs> right, right. uh, being, you know, scammers, or whatever. And I, I really thought that, uh, the, the James Wan and his, his approach to this was really good. Really enjoyed that, um, I I just thought just mood and just some of the scares just really it's, it's funny, you know, you take, uh, is it, uh, Ed and Lorraine? Oh gosh. I can't remember. What's their last name. Um, uh, Warren, there we go. Um, you know, a lot of people accuse them of being charlatans, but it's funny that the movie versions of them are, are where I was like, I could kind of see this turning into a thing. And it has, I never, I, I didn't see the third one. The second one was okay. Um, but uh, I've really enjoyed that. Um, some other ones, Poltergeist, of course.
0: Uh, oh yeah, that was my next the, one.
3: Good. the The movie that Toby Hooper should have directed <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but we know he was just basically you know, hand on Steven Spielberg's shoulder. You know, it's like, oh well, maybe you want to do that. Can I direct now, Steven? Sit down. Um, and uh, <laughs> my movie. Uh, gonna, and then need a bigger director's chair. <laughs> yeah would, would that actually maybe be a director's chair with maybe a side seat for Toby Hooper to sit on? You know? <laughs> See, you're still part of the movie. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, I'm going to throw this up because, you know, like the T-shirt, I had a minor obsession, I put that in quotes, with the movie Ghostbusters in 84. Um, Wait, what's that one about? so it's this movie i think there's an (laughs) ape and larry stork my favorite Mm. that was a deep dive (laughs) yeah there you go um so for me this is an odd mix because one you know it's it's a it's a horror movie with a heavy comedic element and i i would argue this with some people especially with the ghost but when you think back about it you know you got the the undead ca- taxi cab driver. You've got all this other stuff that the librarian ghost. I mean, it's it's not so much a ghost movie; it's more of a horror movie with you know with ghosts and that heavy comedic element. And then you throw in um, you know Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd. You got these guys who are still at the top of their craft. You know, coming off of Saturday Night Live. You know, Second City and SCTV. And for me. I think that was kind of the first time I was able to see sort of this sort of this this type of genre where you could sort of identify with the people that are in the movie. If not, they're a little bit older, but these are the nerds. These are the misfits um, that end up having to come out and save the day with just the weird science. So for me, everything, you know, it's, it's not so much spooky. It is. There's some good stuff in there, but it's just everything that I love about that genre kind of wrapped up into this just perfect ball. And I, you know, it, and, and, you know, because of that, it inspired me to spend $400 on a costume, on a Cadillac ambulance as a costume (laughs) accessory. So. I saw that ambulance. I touched that ambulance. That was a great ambience. I really regret not having that. I wish we had never sold that, but it's it's hard to store a car that's 26 feet long. It really is. It's like, what are you going to do with that? So yeah. Um, oh, another one I could bring up. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's called The Awakening, uh, 2011. Uh, Rebecca Hall, if I remember correctly. She's kind of a, it takes place in the 1920s in, in England. And she plays this sort of like ghost debunker. And she gets called to... Uh, This uh, I think it's a like a a boarding school a board boarding school that's that's allegedly haunted per it's a really great setup that just doesn't quite deliver at the end but there's some really good stuff that it's shot well it's got the mood you know every everybody does a really good job. Even though it doesn't quite deliver much like Crimson Peak, you know, for me, it, it it's still a good setup. So those are like my three kind of favorite ghost movies when we talk about it. To them. go
0: back yeah. to the Ghostbusters, uh, it, it also has evolved as I have grown because I saw it like I think in high school. Um, yeah. We went Before. for somebody's birthday. Yeah, it was somebody's birthday. Um, and uh, their mom took us, to, three of us, to see the thing and go to Pizza Hut and have pizza. Um, nice. And we just thought it was awesome. We're like, oh, we had no idea what it was or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so it was great. But as I got older, I'm like, Oh, I love this movie because academia rejects these dudes, you know? Yes. And I'm like, yeah, fuck academia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as I got older, I look at Sigourney Weaver and I said, Oh, Sigourney, when you become haunted, please hurt me. <laughs> yes.
1: I am the gatekeeper. Yes. Right. Those are,
0: yeah. Uh, Speaking of Sigourney Weaver, uh, big fan, like uh, she is like amazing. Uh, And then I just uh, saw an interview with her um, regarding I think it was uh, Alien 3 and uh, her uh, she in Alien 3 uh, stood up for David Fincher, you know, because the studio was coming at him about, you know, the movie itself and trying to to change everything. And they did change everything. Um, And she literally said, if you don't let him do this, 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 and this, I'm out, I'm walking, you know? So she, and and she even said, she goes, this dude is going to be a great director. He's going to go on to make some really great stuff. Um, And she was absolutely right. So, I mean, she literally threw her weight around and, you know, um, did that kind of stuff. But for her Ghostbusters was awesome. Um, I want to throw in The Shining. Yes. And Dr. Sleep. If you haven't seen Dr. Sleep so good like yeah. you know I I, uh, I wasn't really sure what it was about I knew it was a sequel uh, to The Shining and uh, when I started to find out who the main character was you're like oh okay you know um, and uh, in terms of like being creepy and ghost uh, movies like the twins standing at the end of the hallway um, was creepy but the creepiest was that old lady getting out of the, the bathtub Oh yeah know? Like, uh, there was just something really disturbing uh, about that whole thing. And even knowing that it was uh, some sort of a ghost, you know, um, as I said. I think the kissing
1: the, scene, the kissing moment of kissing. Oh, with,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. With the, well, the, the yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was
1: something special.
0: And uh, in The Shining, um, I really liked the scene where you see the picture and uh, it's an old picture and uh, Jack Nicholson's in the picture, you know, uh, he's, he's there in the bar and all that kind of stuff. The uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, those two uh, really kind of creep me out. Um, I, I would say the shining creeped me out a lot. I would say Dr. Sleep was just really clever uh, at how it wrote a story to continue um, what the shining had created. Cause it could have been just such a schlock uh, piece of shit. And uh, it really wasn't. And you and McGregor, Always a plus. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I I have to agree with you on this. And I was pleasantly surprised by Doctor Sleep because when I heard that they were going to adapt this, I'm thinking Same. this this could go sideways really fast. um And I have you have to give Mike Flanagan credit for taking the book and then but realizing that if you say The Shining they're thinking the movie. They're not thinking the book. And the Brother. two are two very separate things. And he brilliantly wove them together, which I was I was like, wow, nice, nicely done. Had to make a couple of tweaks to the book story to, to, to get the, the movie back in there. And whether or not you uh, either like the original book or you like the original movie, this is a beautiful synthesis of the two that I thought just made the book story even better because now right. we've got that that kind of a opp- and this is going to sound weird this sort of oppressive kubrick style on yeah. top of it and when we're when i watch the movie and when you get to the part where danny and is it abra yeah i think abra realize where they have to go and the movie and then you just start that and the music starts and just the color just starts leaching out of the film. And you just, you, you truly get this sense of dread where yeah. they're going. The most dangerous spot on earth for people like them. And I'm like, oh, it's like, you're like going, you're like w- walking down, <laughs> like dead people walking, you know, where they're, they're headed. I'm thinking, oh my God, so brilliantly done. And you know, the overlook in the shining is just, it's just nice and it's well designed. And in, in, in this, the overlook is terrifying. It's dirty, it's run down. It looks truly terrifying in Dr. Sleep, where you're like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want anywhere near this building. Um, And I I just, I got to give him a lot of credit. It was so, so well done. I was so pleased.
0: And the whole drive up to the Overlook, you know, the snowstorm and stuff is just, you know, it's, you know, I think because I hate driving in snow like that, you know, and it's like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I I watched Dr. Sleep uh, last year, just after I had had to drive home from uh, Toledo to Bowling Green when I was living in Bowling Green at that time in this massive snowstorm, uh, you know, on 75. And I was yeah. terrified. I couldn't see the road, oh, yeah. the semis going by, you know. And then I watched this movie. I'm like going, oh, shit.
1: Flashback. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I Dr. Sleeped in my pants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and it's funny because Dr. Sleep has uh, Rebecca Ferguson in it uh, from uh, Dune,
1: right? So we were just in- chatting yep. about Dune. Well, have either of you seen the the made-for-TV version of I think it was TNT might have done it or someone made a version of the shining with Rebecca De Mornay. No, you're yes. groaning. Something I am sex? groaning. I it was a lot more accurate to the to the novels though. It really it, was. It was. Is that
3: yeah. who uh played? The guy Jack from Wings, at?
1: the guy from Wings.
3: Yeah. That's yeah, it,
1: yeah, it was like it was so much I think when you see Jack Nicholson, he's only two inches away from being crazy anyway. It's not much of a leap. True, but, true. But Seeing him turn into the possessed Jack, it was much, much more terrifying. And and you know they brought in the the, the, the uh, topiaries and all those things. Uh, you know, it was I, I liked it? I thought it was really
3: well done for a TV movie. It was really. I, I, I'm just gonna throw in there that kid. I want. I was rooting for the ghost. I'm like, kill that kid! Kill the kid! teeth i'm like oh and he's just like oh yeah i uh, no I'm, I'm i'm the bushes kill the kid uh the ghost kill the kid uh, killer uh fire hose. kill the kid i'm like th- i don't know what it is nothing against the actor personally but oh my god this kid was like a cabbage patch doll brought to life and i just didn't want to <laughs> see i didn't want to see him survive i'm like i know <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm rooting for the the evil here uh I don't. It's just I. I anybody, but if they would cast anybody but this kid, I think I would have wouldn't have minded. A sock puppet <laughs> would have been better. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Torrance. Okay, now <laughs> you 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 make that a sock monkey, and then you start getting into some weird phobias with me because I fucking hate sock monkeys. If that had wow. Danny been played by a sock monkey, I I would have nope the fuck out right there. I'm done. That's it. Not watching this movie. Okay, so, <laughs> no, no. Therapy, good is one come. Therapy. Good therapy session for fans today. Bring right. it out. Bring <laughs> it out. There is no good that is going to come out of a sock monkey and ghost. Absolutely none. What That's about it. the
0: what, what about the monkey with the symbols?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, oddly enough, I'm okay with those. <laughs> <laughs> but but you crochet that fucker, and I'm done. I am done. I don't know what it is. I'm just done. I had sock monkeys. I can't handle it. I had a anybody- sock monkey when I was a kid. If anybody's listening and you want to craft a movie about a haunted sock monkey, you will have one person who will watch it and just be freaked the fuck. There's out probably already one thing. out there, so there probably is, and I probably yeah, Send one. us in
1: your emails to all the sock monkey horror movies. out There is, huh? Well, that's that's great. So, what,
0: so you talked about a TV movie of uh, um, what The Shining or whatever? Yeah, it was TV. like six hours yeah. long. Yeah. Was, okay. So they also did uh, what was the one? When and about and the you're,
2: you're right. It was much more like the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It right. was.
2: it Definitely was.
0: What was the one about the vampires that he did? Uh, um, Salem's the, Lot. Yeah, Salem's Lot. So uh. they they remade that as a TV one too. But I think the original was a TV movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which first- that that creeped me out. I love you know it, the the uh, the scene where he's floating in the window. Yeah, uh, and just, <sighs> you're like, oh shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> not going That was version uh, I have
2: is got a sock monkey.
1: But
0: we the know. new one.
2: <laughs> and what did and what did he look like? What did he look like? Nosferatu. Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, so uh, yeah, that's my sock monkey. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Salem's Lot is uh, one of my favorite uh, Stephen King books. So like I don't, I'm not a big Stephen King fan. So I'm very particular about which ones I like and, and mm-hmm. don't like. Um I really like Salem's Lot and then what was Night Shift? Was that the short stories? Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's his best, that's his best body of work uh next to Shawshank or Redemption, which is really good too. Um, but uh Salem's Lot is awesome. The so the 70s movie is iconic for me because I grew up in the 70s as a kid and it scared the yeah. shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It was so- and I think yeah, David. So and I think they didn't they like divide that up into two nights where you had to like be there two nights because it was so long.
1: It, it wasn't I, yeah, quite a long version. Yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, don't well, forget they, James re- Mason. Yeah, I didn't
2: think they broke yeah. it up, but
0: yeah, yeah, I yeah. So I, I, I thought they did, but I, I could be wrong. Um, I know that they then uh, did one a few years ago with uh, Rob Lowe in it um, that was a lot more true to the book again you know and i think that was like three parts um so it was like three different weeks or whatever i don't think i saw um, that
2: yeah, it's pretty I've good i've not so, seen that either yeah.
0: yeah it's a it's definitely a tv version um but right. uh, i think it was actually i really enjoyed it you know so i said i just kind of got engrossed in the story and i thought oh i remember this from the book i remember this from the book you know mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that was cool so what about uh, you know we're talking about haunting? Was what, what about uh, ghosts? What about sixth sense?
3: I enjoyed the movie. Uh, this is a, a a ghost story that's not designed to creep you out, you know. But still, you know, this is uh, M Night Shyamalan, his his kind of what his big breakout movie.
0: So um, wait a minute, you didn't get creeped out when the kid's under the bed and he's like hiding, and you see that like lady huh. like show up for oh my god yeah
1: the 10th scene was pretty gross was the yes. vomiting
0: mm-hmm. um
1: right i i wanted to like the movie more and here the only reason why i didn't like it as much is because it had been spoiled for me going into Ooh. it because i'd seen so much of this i see dead right. people shit right, right. um and so i'm like but but you still watch it as a piece of film putting together and all the clues the breadcrumbs leading up to this discovery yeah. and i i wish i would have been able to see it fresh you know like that because it's brilliantly put together and it has some really disturbing uh, unnerving elements to it
2: yeah yeah i think i think the pacing of it is really good too yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's what i like about it, one of the it's, it's
1: deliberate very much yes. like yes. like very much like what we've talked about when we when we did um the the movie he he did uh, unbreakable yeah very, very right movie, right yes. Which is perfect for that kind of movie, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's art it's art movie quality in a genre piece. I mean, I I think that's what uh, that's Shyamalan's big thing that people don't necessarily uh, tap into because, like, I think uh, Unbreakable has very artistic scenes between, uh, uh, or not art? I say artistic, but I I say uh, high quality character pieces between uh, Bruce Willis and his wife. Sean Penn's, what's her name? Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Yeah, Robin Wright. Yeah, she's Robin Wright now. Um, Between those, the the small scenes in that movie to me are as critical as any of the other stuff that makes him this unbreakable person. Because he's a person. He's breakable. He's broken by you know being a human being but then he's unbreakable by this other stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's great. Uh, So to get back to the sixth sense, um, when I first watched it, I, I saw it opening night. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, I wanted to, um, that was a time when I was going to movies every weekend, sometimes two and three times a weekend prior to having children (laughs) and all these responsibilities, you know, um, and uh, I was married, and, and uh, my wife and I loved to go to the movies. So we would go see. We went and saw this, um, and uh, we got out of it, um, and it was just like, "Holy shit! How, how do you? Was there? You know, we wanted to know what you knew." So we literally the next night went back and watched it again, knowing the ending, and we're going, "Oh, oh!" And then we had to because people were getting pissed at us because they hadn't seen the movie. We're like going. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> being quiet and stuff like we got some dirty shit dirty looks out of that stuff it, it was it was awesome you know i mean it's uh um uh i think that movie experience was great because of that that whole thing um and i equate that also with seven um so when i watch seven and we you know you get uh kevin spacey showing up you know three quarters of the way through and he's the bad big bad and uh you have all these things in the very end um when we saw that the movie theater was almost empty there was uh, a couple in front of us uh two two rows ahead um and uh, the lights come up and i get up and the dude goes jesus that was the fucking best was that not the best and he looks over to me and he reaches over two things and high fives me <laughs> and i'm like that was so awesome you know and uh my wife and his wife are both going, Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
0: But I just, I got even more excited about that afterwards. Um, But I think uh, the sixth sense being, you know, it it became this cultural phenomenon. You know, I see dead people and um, you know, it was kind of like the Blair witch project, um, which uh, I hate that movie. I do not think it's a good movie. I think it was simply something that used uh, the internet in a way that it had never been used before brilliantly yes brilliantly no I think it costs like 25 grand to make and it made like 150 million. Oh right. yeah so yeah.
1: you know kudos right. to them man they break yeah, down a lot no, of them yeah
0: I, I I'm not uh, discounting it in any way I don't like the movie at all I just didn't find it. as a matter of fact I I went to see it at the theater we had people laughing at it and then when we went out into the lobby five there were five people wanting their money back because oh. it was such complete shit yeah
1: <laughs> the last, the last fifteen minutes are good. Yeah, I had, to, I had to watch it, looking down and close my eyes. I had to listen uh, to the movie because I, could, I was going to vomit. Yeah,
3: I, I was in the same boat. I had a hard time getting through that movie, and it took me a couple of hours to get back on my feet after that. And I think that sort of colored my um, perception of the film because when I get motion sickness like that, it really messes me up, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I wanted to like it more, but I
2: couldn't. <laughs> mm.
1: I'd like to to pitch in a couple more before we head out. Uh, one is called. Oh, wait a minute!
2: Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. Blair Witch. I want to put, say oh, something ahead, about brother. Blair Witch. My reaction to Blair Witch when I saw it, I went, "Fuck! I could have done that."
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you didn't, and that's the tell That's why you don't have one hundred and
1: fifty million dollars. That you maybe need. he doesn't. Maybe we sure don't know, right? other than that organ harvesting ring. I'm not sure how profitable that is. Uh, yeah, well, that's... The the, the, whole, the the thing that makes me hate Blair Witch most is that it started this whole goddamn found footage trend that is still coming out because it's so cheap to make, you know? You don't have to worry about making a nice shot or anything. It could be just some dude waving a video camera around or a phone now of shooting anything... It doesn't matter because it's all
0: putting a name.
2: green, red filter on it. Right. Or
1: like,
0: just making people wait. Like you just make people wait for a very long time.
1: Yeah. yeah. For something to happen. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. What were the other ones you wanted to throw in the ring there? A movie called Last Shift from 2014. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a genuine horror film psychological thriller terror movie um, and it's about a, a rookie police officer uh, um, or actress's name is juliana harkavy and she's tasked with taking the last shift at a police station before it permanently closes and she's been told to wait there in the in the morning a hazmat is going to be collecting some evidence that's difficult to dispose of she's not permitted to leave um and we had this backstory where she's a police officer because her father was a police officer and he was killed on duty and when she gets into this police station it's only her and then she starts hearing things. And what I love about this movie, because it was it was really made on the cheap, is that the use of sound effect and light are what drives the horror and terror, because it becomes this psychological thing fucking with your mind, um, and it is a really effective use of sound and slight movement, things that are... You look at it one way; the camera goes. You look back at something different. These kind of subtle things that really build up to uh, to a really quite quite frightening supernatural climax. To to you know. So last shift. If you've never seen it, Have any of you yeah. guys seen it, I heard of nope,
3: it, haven't seen it. It uh, looks yeah. like it's on Tubi right now. I'll check oh, that good.
1: out. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, and there's another one called the Canal. It's an Irish horror film from 2014, directed and written by Ivan Kavanaugh. And it is um, really about a father investigating a uh, murder that took place in his home earlier in the 1900s. He discovers this like old ancient, like film stock and he discovers this and he starts watching it and it involves this canal nearby his house. And he kind of gets pulled into the, trying to solve this mystery because the things that he's seen on the film are starting to enter his world now in a little bit, and it's um, again a movie I'd never heard of, and I, I gave it a shot. I watch it, and again, it's low budget, uh, but it is really, really effective. Um, Rupert Evans is actually the one of the main actress. so um, but it is, uh, yeah, it's a, a definitely a, a good choice if you want that kind of a creepy vibes, supernatural. Um, and last, ghost story wise, um, I like the movie Ghost Story. Oh, that, the
2: the original, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Feather, if you want to. No, no, go. no, no. Go ahead. I just
1: um, go. Yeah, it's it's just about these friends who, uh, old friends, who meet and reminisce about things, and they are haunted by something that has happened in their past, and what i really love about the movie is that it looks old-timey you know it, it has a beautiful look of yesteryear in a way and the slow burn of it is really you know the ending is really earned um and the you know was it fred astaire i think he's one of the the uh, the, the cast members i don't have it pulled up in front of me but the um it just it just feels like a movie that's from another era, and I guess that's really is isn't I like.
2: Douglas Fairbanks Jr. in it? Could be. I'll. I'll I think I think he's in it. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, yeah. Yeah, 19, I, I, 1981 I, I, film. Yeah, yeah. Alice wasn't Trish. it? Wasn't it originally? Melvin
1: Douglas, John Hausman, Melvin Douglas, Douglas Jr. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it based on a Peter Straub book? based on Peter Straub's. you're right yep yeah yeah yeah. i like the book i like the book i read the book before i saw the movie yeah peter straub's a really good good horror writer yeah and uh, but i love the movie but Mm -hmm. there again you know it tied it was it tied right into my love for old movies because you know here's people from those old movies and there's and just great actors you know Mm -hmm. and yeah that that lent a a certain you know appeal to the story i think uh dr head mm, i agree so there i've done. i mean there
1: are so many more you could say i mean the haunting 13 ghosts Candyman, 13 everything. ghosts
2: yeah with, uh, i was gonna oh. say the coco
1: uh, castle coco have you seen coco from pixar no oh, no that is yes. beautiful i didn't want to see it i'm like hey you know it is gorgeous. The, the animation is some of the most beautiful animation that Pixar's ever done. The mm. story is moving and beautiful. You know, it's about the Day of the Dead celebration. And it is, I mean, Pixar's, I don't think they've dropped the ball once, really. They are good storytellers and create worlds that are vivid and imaginative and characters you care for. And Coco is every bit as a ghost story as you could ever want. Um, I oh, don't nice. Want it. Yeah, it add- is. A- You'll yeah, to check. check it. Yeah, definitely check, check it, out. it out. It is one of the best things that they have done. It is just a beautiful film. I,
0: I think there's just a bunch of classics that we could all list off and say, yeah, we like them, like The Omen, The Exorcist, um, and uh, what was it? Rosemary's Baby. I mean, these are all like uh, kind of classic.
2: Supernatural, yeah.
0: Um, it, one I'd like to throw in there that I thought was pretty good was Stir of Echoes. Uh, Kevin Bacon.
2: Kevin Bacon, yes.
0: Yeah. Which uh, you didn't really know if it was supernatural or psychological, uh, which I thought was you know kind of interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Written um, from the, taken from the um, Matheson. Wait, Stir of Echoes? Yeah. Isn't oh, that Matheson? No,
0: yeah. I, no, I, there, there you go. It was another one of those movies that uh, we just went to the theater you know, and it's like you know, there was a lot of time we would go, we would go see movies so much that it would just be like that. Yeah, what's this one? You know, um, and we go see it. Um, we went and saw that one, and uh, there were just some genuinely creepy moments in that movie, Stir Echoes, with him like floating in the chair and, you know, just uh, the visual. I think the visuals really uh, helped. And again, I think, uh, you know, somebody mentioned this earlier the sound design in a horror movie is like, it can really make or break something. You know, it really can just, you know, it could be subtle. It could be over the top. It could be all these kinds of things. Um, and it really will just kind of creep you up. It's like the grudge, you know, Duh. you know, I mean, that shit was just like, I would get chills.
1: Um, yeah. from- when well, the Japanese, at least the modern, more modern J horror is they, it's not something unless there's a climax moment, but usually it's something that happens in the background or, that you see like in Juan, like there's a scene with the with the girls in the elevator and then two floors go by, then the third fly, the, the boy is right there. It's like ah you know, it's like a it's like a jump scare that you don't yeah. expect. But then it's gone. You know, and that's what I love about it. If you blink, sometimes you miss those things. And they're not gonna yeah. shove it in your face. And it's up to you to to follow it. I, I really like that sensibility.
0: And I don't know about you guys, but I'm really picky about my jump scares. Like there's ones that are just really gimmicky and you're like, oh come on. You know, whatever, you know, and then there's others that like they really just come at you, you know, in a certain way that uh, just freaks you out. Um, and they can be subtle jump scares, they don't have to be like instantly there, they can be these kinds of like, oh, shit, you we realize that this is really fucked up, you know, like, and so I said, I, I keep going back to the grudge because it's the one that's freaked me out the most in, in the last, you know, since I'm, I've been an adult, I think. Um, and that is uh, not only the the fact that he sees it on the videotape. And I got freaked out when I saw the thing kind of amorphize in the corner and psh, walk down the hall. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, they get a phone call and you hear that. You're like, oh, my God, they're using video and phones <laughs> like Ringu. Ringu. Yeah. OK, so I've never seen the ring or Ringo. So. Oh, man. Wow. I should see Ringo.
2: R- Ringu, right? right? Right. Ringu is is brilliant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, avoid the American version. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's been on the, my list. I've been meaning the, to watch it. The
2: American version is a nice oddity to watch and dismiss, but, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, because it combines elements of Ringu and Ringu 2. Yes. One movie. Yeah. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, well, that's that's odd how they're bringing these two together. Uh, but you understand the premise of Ringu. Yes. Right, yes. Okay, let me tell you my Ringu story and then we can get, I know we're, we're, we're hitting the light. <laughs> i watched, I'm watching Ringu for the first time. And there's a scene like the first scene in the, in the movie involves these two girls who are talking and stuff. And then they watch the video, We'll put that in metallics, the video. And it's just like scrolling. And then like the story is, you know, you watch the video and then you get the phone call and that's when it tells you, you know, you've got a week to live. Well then they're watching it. And so then they show the video from beginning to end you know from the viewer gets to watch the video then pulls the viewer in as soon as that fucking video was over my phone rang (laughs) (laughs) and I I picked my (laughs) pants and I'm like fuck I'm like I sat there on the couch like I don't I don't know whether to fucking answer this phone because I'm thinking Jesus Christ maybe it's all real I just watched the video (laughs) exactly it was like I mean it could not have been time It's like they did Went out. That's great. Ring.
0: <laughs> well, okay. That, that okay. Is. Dr. Head, let's. Uh, was it a, a landline? Yes. Okay. So we just dated ourselves. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of course, there's a landline. What the hell's a cell phone? <laughs> I've been dating myself since I was a teenager, so it's okay.
3: You know? <laughs> Haven't we all?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this was probably around. Uh, you know, around 2000, whenever the movie came out, 2000, 2001, you know, whenever I first was able to get it on in video, cause I was working at a video store and we got a copy and I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see this, you know? So yeah. Cause we rarely got stuff like that in. So I was really happy to get a copy. Yeah.
0: And um, I have to bring up, and I know this is probably going to get some groans. Um, there are moments in paranormal activity, uh, the movies that are creepy, genuinely yeah. creepy.
3: Sure,
0: yeah, um, I agree. yeah. the uh, overall like watching them is so fucking boring. Um, but there's just things they do. You're like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. The sheets being pulled off, or
1: yeah, people know. standing on the bed for hours at yes. a time, yes. right. getting up right. and right. Yeah, the supernatural stuff. It, it. I think what terrifies, you know, even though it's a movie, there's something. In our collective unconscious that we realize this is stuff we can't grasp we can't see it it's a force that we don't understand it's not a an animal it's not a monster it's not a human being who's just, you know outraged There's but it's stuff. also yeah,
0: yeah it's also it's also um the the voyeuristic uh surveillance of things you really feel like you're surveilling uh, what's going on so you almost feel creepy already watching these people just sleep <laughs> and then all of a sudden the sheets fly off, and somebody's standing there, just kind of like weaving and stuff. I, I think, you know, like that's pretty creepy. So, I could take the paranormal, uh, all the paranormal activities, and edit them down into a fifteen-minute video that would just freak you the fuck out, you know. But, uh, and then your phone will ring. Then my phone will ring, yeah, and right. it'll be my therapist <laughs> yeah. saying thirty days <laughs> before your next prescription. <laughs> that's right. What do we got? Anybody else want to throw something in there?
3: I'd, I'd just like to throw in. I don't know if anybody here saw the haunting of Hill, uh, haunting of Hill House on yeah. um, Netflix again. Yep. Mike Flanagan. Uh an interesting adaptation on um, you know the kind of the original story. I and that's that's one of those movies where you know you taught when you before you guys were talking about blink and you miss it watch it the first time enjoyed it went back and i just realized i'm like holy crap i missed a lot of stuff in that movie the ghosts that were just kind of walking through the 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 a scene or reflections in a mirror or glass or something like that and i'm like oh, i've made it i've actually found it creepier the second time i watched the series uh, but i enjoyed that i love
1: that because it, it what it does is it doesn't have to bring announce that we're going to do something scary you know, it's, it just expects the reader to, to get it or not. And they're treating the, uh, you know, the viewer and they're treating the audience with some sense of respect in that regard. You know um, if you have to announce it all, it's like you're dumbing it down where you have to yeah. explain everything and let me, let me find out, let me explore, let me discover, let me be shocked. Like you were Fez the second time through like, Oh shit, I didn't see that. That yeah. makes the film experience more rich. You know, like, oh, my God, this was well crafted and beautifully thought out. Every shot was that you may not get it in the first time, but when you come back to it, you are going to see it and you're going to appreciate it even more for that. You know, I, yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a real craft where you can watch a, a film and have questions. But they're questions that can be answered when you watch the film the next time. You know, not just these questions where you go, well, why didn't they cover this? or Why didn't they do this? Or, you know, um I think that's what Sixth Sense did for me. Was when we watched it the first time, you know, we were not expecting anything that happened, you know. And then when you watch it the second time, you're going, "Oh yeah, there's something. There's, you know, like there's all these clues um, that just build up to that 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 grand finale. It's so good.
2: Mm-hmm. It's perceptual right. comprehension.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's the name of this episode perceptual comprehension.
3: There we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or perceptual contraception? What? <laughs> <laughs> or pigs in <laughs> space. <laughs>
3: Sorry. Yeah. You guys wanna watch me take a dump? Say!
2: Radio. 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 Right. where can we find this? Um, Insane Radio is on Facebook. Insane Radio. Same. We're here and there You can find us everywhere
1: UnsaneRadio.com For all your newest Unsane Radio needs
2: And freaking nice pictures Yeah that's not Or okay. as, as, as Tar would say Freaking nice pictures <sighs> Let's not forget we Freaks on the Facebooks. W
3: E E F R E E K Z.
2: That's right. All I, I got to say is panel cartoonery. That's right. <laughs> Talk about freaks <laughs> and
1: supernaturals. And then there's a little show heavy metal.
2: Horror. Metal. Horror. 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 <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
1: you can find us on Facebooks and the YouTubers. My favorite kinds of potatoes.
3: Got we like YouTubers, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, geez, Give me Why is his head shaped
2: like a potato? potato. <laughs>
1: Oh, cheese! Give me some of the cheese for eh? Oh, cheese! Yeah. Give me some
2: squeakers. <laughs> oh, Tar and Feather can be found at tarandfeather.com. And psychocinema.com. And psychocinema. Tar, tar and Feather psychocinema. Psychocinema. Psycho Cinema. That's on Facebook. I forgot. Thank and you. And Vimeo. Head. And Vimeo. Well, I'm kind of working against Vimeo. no Vimeo go to Vimeo you can see probably almost every episode we've ever made gonna put them up on the uh, make a YouTuber page for free and uh, that's about it
0: uh, Vimeo dodo that was my Laverne and Shirley poor reference
3: hello Laverne
1: <laughs> makes me want to go take a cold shower
0: <laughs> uh, do you know that they offered lenny and squiggy their their own uh show and they said yeah no." <laughs> that would know. have been an
3: amazing half season yes yeah yeah. <laughs> that's all their they resp- would have needed
2: you know? no, a half episode <laughs> <laughs>
3: their response i loved was, i uh, loved
2: them on the show but yeah they had no, right. no way where they did.
0: They, they, their, their response was, uh, yeah, uh, Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> <laughs>